Hi everyone, welcome to Oopsie Nini. I am your host Nini, and today I am blessed with the virtual presence of the talented, the creative, honestly the nicest human I've ever met, Martina Doom. Yay! Oh my god, stop. <laughs> I'm so serious though. Every time I think of like a genuinely nice person, I think of you. That that is so touching. Like I feel like I feel like nobody sees themselves in that way. Even if you know that, like, yeah, I think overall I'm a pretty nice person. You never think that people that people think that way about you. Or right. maybe I just don't. I don't know. I don't know my like best qualities either. I think it's yeah. weird to think about those things, but like honestly, I'm being so serious. I really think you are like the nicest person since oh. like the the day I met you. Oh my god, <laughs> yes. You're so sweet. Thank you so much. And it's totally mutual. I I yeah, oh. maybe we're just like too similar in that. <laughs> we see that in nice each people. other but not in ourselves. <laughs> right. I I think that's just how it goes, really. Like, I yeah. don't know my top qualities until somebody points it out. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's the same thing in this situation. But I feel like I can't even imagine you ever being mean. Like, I feel like everyone goes through phases in their youth where they're, they're either, you know, you get, like, pressured into being mean or you get pressured into, like, bullying people or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. I feel like you were never that. I just imagine you oh being God. the sweetest, purest <laughs> angel since the I beginning mean, <laughs> yes that's, I am with I have no flaws it's true <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that I believe that <laughs> no of course of course I was like a super angsty uh youth for <laughs> sure you don't become Martina Doom without that that's for sure <laughs> um, angst. but you know I I'm also like I have a lot of strong women around me like my grandmother right. and my mom are super strong and they don't let anyone mess with them so I oh, feel like awesome. I have that in me too. And I've people have, have straight up told me that I'm intimidating and I don't know if it's because what? I give off I know. I don't I, I don't know if it's because I give <laughs> off that persona like I'm nice but don't mess with me. I I have no idea. I, that always shocks me oh. to hear. See, I I've <laughs> never had that vibe ever. Yeah. From you. Like I've never got that vibe from you. I met you for the very first time. Okay, so here's the thing. It's kind of funny that we're doing this podcast because we've never actually sat down and had like an in-depth conversation before. I know. I know, <laughs> but I still I still now. feel like pretty connected and feel like I know you in a way. Me too. Yeah, you know? I feel that way too. That's why I felt comfortable enough to ask you to be the very first guest. Yeah. Because I mean, I don't know. There's something about you that I feel – I just feel comfortable around you. Yeah. Even though we haven't actually hung out in real life and we actually haven't had, like, a full-on conversation like this. Yeah. I, so it's as I funny. get older – yeah. As I get older, I just find that sometimes you meet people and you just have, like, an instant click with them and you're like, oh, no, they're cool. Like, I know I could go to them if I needed anything. I know I can be myself around that person. And other people, you're, you, it takes you time to figure that out. But I feel like – yeah, immediately when we first met, I was just like, oh, no, this girl's chill. It's it's cool. <laughs> no, I felt the same way. And normally I am – I have a hard time building relationships, I guess. Like, I can be friends with everyone. I like to talk to everyone. But it, to have, like, an actual – I don't know, where I feel comfortable enough to talk to them on a personal level, that that takes some time for me. I, I'm exactly the same way. Are Are you an earth sign? Oh, I don't know what that means. Oh, what does that mean? um, do you know what your what your zodiac sign is? Yes, I'm a Taurus. Oh, yeah. So you are an Earth sign, just oh, like okay. just like me. <laughs> so is that one of like the qualities of an Earth sign? Um, 
I would say so. Most of them are pretty grounded. And I think in that sense, you kind of think about, you kind of think about things before you, before you jump into them. So in, yes. in terms of relationships, you're not quick to just like be BFF with everybody and be a complete open book. Like it takes time to build, to build trust between yes. other people. And I feel that so hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, that you described me perfectly. I guess I yeah. truly am an earth sign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look into it. Yeah, it'll blow your mind. <laughs> I've, I've looked into some stuff like, um, I've looked into just like the basic generic zodiac sign stuff. And yeah. um, obviously I know what I am and I'm a Taurus and so is my boyfriend. Ooh. But we're complete opposites. So okay. that's why it's really interesting. Like if you read like the zodiac, I don't know, the qualities of a Taurus, I fit almost all of them. Mm-hmm. Even like all the bad ones, unfortunately. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like my boyfriend doesn't fit a single like quality listed under Taurus, which is really interesting because we are two weeks apart. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So yeah. there's so many things that can affect your personality uh, within your birth chart. And your birth chart just basically explains like where each planet was um, in the sky when you were born. And that can determine oh. like how you communicate with people, what you're like when you're angry, how people see you, how you deal with your emotions, etc. Um, but yeah, if you're ever interested, like I, when I discovered, um, astrology in that in-depth way, I just felt like I understood myself a little bit more. Right. Even, even like some people think it's hokey and you shouldn't, um, live your life too strictly by that. And I totally agree, but it can be very insightful and help you kind of understand why you may feel the way you do about certain things. And because like the Zodiac sign, like the Zodiac I don't know, the definition of whatever I am. I was shocked that it was very true to who I was. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's that's saying something. Like I do want to yeah. look into it, but I am intimidated because I think there's a lot of, I think there's like, you can die, like fall into a rabbit hole of all of it. And totally. I feel like there's a lot. <laughs> you don't want anything to control you in life and you don't want, right. and it's the same thing with astrology. You don't want that to be like the only, th- I mean, you know, some people make their career out of it, which is amazing, but you yeah, need to have a balance. Cool. You need to have a balance. Yeah, definitely. I think it's really interesting. And I do want to look more into it because I know there's other, like, I think there's, I don't even know the right term. Is there, like, something with rising? Yeah. Something with, yeah, okay. Because I remember talking to somebody about this before, and I had no idea what they were talking about, but I was intrigued. But I never Mm -hmm. quite looked into it. I think I kind of searched up the definition but I never dove into like figuring out what I was Mm -hmm. but I do know like I do think it is real like I do think it's true yeah totally it's like ancient civilizations um really really were passionate about astrology and it's like why like I, I you know, some people look at ancient cultures and they think that they were maybe like underdeveloped and not as mm-hmm. intelligent or whatever. But in so many ways, they were so more progressive than our society is today. So why right. not? Why can't astrology fit into that as well? And I believe that because, I mean, now if I need any help, I just go to Google. Like I don't have yeah. to think. <laughs> I don't have to try. Google is our oracle. <laughs> it really is. Um, but what I was going to say is um, back to the whole thing about how this is our first like real conversation. Yes, I know. We're going to keep getting off track. <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's the whole point of this podcast. I, yeah. It's full of tangents and it's very, um, I guess, like loose in structure. I just kind of yeah. want to just talk you know yeah that's awesome (laughs) love it (laughs) so the first time we met was 
this is crazy. I was thinking this, thinking about this this morning. It's only been like a two years and a half since we've met. Oh, wow. It feels like way longer for some reason. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I mean, but, because it was pre-pandemic, right? So it's like that yeah. feels so long ago. <laughs> it, you're right. Everything does feel like extra long ago. Like I've only lived in Ottawa now for a year and a half, like not even oh, wow. two years yet. But it feels like it feels like way longer. And I moved yeah. here, and it's probably because I moved here and I was only pandemic free for like four months <laughs> wow yeah so it's like yeah. you've just been you know in your home for this entire Basically, time for the most I've, part yeah I haven't even I hate not hate it but when people ask me how's Ottawa or do I have any recommendations for them I have like nothing to say it is kind of yeah. embarrassing because because I've been here for over a year and I have like nothing to say like there's no recommendations I can mm-hmm. tell you that uh like I don't know. I've really enjoyed being at home, I guess. That's like the yeah. only thing I've done. <laughs> I bet you know where the good thrift stores are, though. Oh, yes, I do. I do know <laughs> That's that. That's really important. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I guess when people ask me for like, what are some fun fun things to do in Ottawa, I think of like the tour- touristy stuff. So I'm like, yeah. I guess you can go to Parliament. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I guess. Everyone um, wants to see that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've gone there like a few times now. And I mean, it's beautiful nonetheless and it's great. But I mean, you don't – it doesn't take a day. No. It takes, you can like, only see it so hours. many times, right? It takes like less than an hour. <laughs> yeah. It's like living here in Niagara by the falls. Like the falls are beautiful and amazing. Yeah. But, you know, I grew up with them here. So it's like – that's just something I would see all the time. So you were like born and raised in Niagara. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I didn't in know Saint that. In St. Catharines, yeah. Okay. I actually really, really miss St. Catharines. And really? I lived there for about four years. And I probably would have stayed if my boyfriend didn't get a job in Ottawa. Like it, we really yeah. like it in Niagara. Yeah. I, I find a lot of people when they come here, they, they, they fall in love with it. And especially lately, yeah. like within those last four years that you were probably here, there's been like a lot of... Uh, like redevelopment, especially downtown, a lot of more yeah. like arts and culture, um, just like cool events and stuff to do. You know, it has that good mix of being a small town, but also interesting enough that you don't feel like you need to leave all the time to go do something mm-hmm. interesting. And we're still like super close to Toronto and Hamilton, which are also like even really like great Buffalo, cities. the states. Yeah, right? yeah, you guys are so close. I it's know. such a great area. I, yeah. you're, you're right. You listed off every reason why I love Niagara because yeah. I really did love downtown, the atmosphere down there. But I know that it wasn't like that before. Some people have told me that it was actually pretty scary before I guess like people yeah. said they didn't want to go there at night and I remember my co-workers at the time telling me like how weird it was that I always went downtown by myself I just like <laughs> I just like go on like a Saturday I go to the markets and I go to like all the small shops and they're like do you feel safe doing that I'm oh like, my god yeah I'm like yeah I love it there like they've never been and they live there so it's pretty wild yeah that I've heard that quite a few times too and I know like when I was in high school like, people were hanging out downtown all the time, but it was mostly for, like, music shows. Right. And then, I don't know what happened. I think it's just, you know, when my mom was young, there was a lot of, there were a lot of shops and stuff, and eventually all of that just kind of went away. A lot of stores closed, so then there wasn't really much going on downtown. Mm-hmm. And I think people, because a lot of the time um, the homeless population hangs around downtown because, you know, they have access to services 
right? Um, and the bus terminal and everything like that. Like people just have a lot of stigma against populations like that. Yeah. So they just assume that it's unsafe. But you know, because I've worked and lived downtown for such a long time now, I know that these people—they're just people, and you know, maybe some of them mm-hmm, have had exactly. bad luck. But they're—they're they're nice, and they're not going to harm you. Yeah, I've never felt scared ever, and I. Yeah. Before I moved to Niagara, like, that was my very first time living away from home for my parents. And my parents are originally from, like, London, Ontario. So I moved two hours away to Niagara, which isn't that far. But I moved two hours away, and that was my first time living away from home. And I come from a very uh, traditional Cambodian household where there is a lot of sexism and there's a lot of gender roles still. And um, I was – I had never – which is crazy to say, I had never – before moving to Niagara, like walked across the street by myself or walked anywhere by myself before. Wow. Because I wasn't allowed to. Yeah. And so when I moved out, I lived pretty close to downtown and I I would I think I actually walked past your house. <laughs> I think I've seen you like walk to your home. Yes, before. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah, you and your boyfriend and then yeah. I think with your parents again, like a couple of weeks oh, after probably. we first met. Yeah. <laughs> probably. My parents, every time they came down, I was like showing them how safe it was I just wanted to prove to them because I knew I was walking around by myself they would always like call me and be like where's Weston which is my boyfriend yeah I'm like he's at home he doesn't have any interest in coming with me downtown and I really enjoy this me time yeah and my parents just did not get it and they were just like are you sure it's probably dangerous you should have like some sort of weapon on you like oh my gosh but so every time they would come down to visit me I'd bring them downtown or like show them around and be like look how not scary this is <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like yeah, there's so, a difference between downtown st Catharines and like a downtown metropolis like a, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah st Catharines is like i really love the downtown area i think it's really beautiful and such a like a, a fun and creative place mm-hmm. but it's way different than like going to like a big city and going downtown there like yeah my boyfriend and i went to new york like in 2018 and there was um, we were downtown New York, of course, and there was a man that was like threatening us, and that has never oh happened God. in a small city. He was threatening us to take his mixtape. By the way, it was what <laughs> <laughs> he was like. He just came up to us and he was like, he handed us his CD, and my boyfriend said, "No, thank you," because usually in those situations they want money from it, like after yeah. they've given you something. So we're yeah. just like, no, because we had very limited amount of American dollars while yeah. we were traveling, um, and he just kept handing us his mixtape and like shoving it in my boyfriend's face and he was uh at one point he like grabbed I think he grabbed Weston by the collar and was like was saying how like you have blue eyes and you're white and everything's easy for you so you should take my mixtape or something like that it was crazy but that that has never happened once in the in St. Catharines in a small a small city so like my parents really had nothing to worry about but because they believe that like you know, a woman shouldn't be, like, left alone or unintended or or whatever. Um, They felt like it was unsafe. But, yeah, St. Catharines is a great place, and I honestly miss it. I miss being able to just walk downtown (laughs) and just, like, stop by, like, a coffee shop and meet some friends or just even just go browsing the the small shops and stuff like that. I really miss it. I know. It it is nice. Um, I do feel really grateful that I have access to all of that stuff because, you know, so many other small cities 
they might have like a little strip of downtown, but it's not mm-hmm. as developed as maybe ours is and the community isn't the same. Like we're really lucky here that, you know, even if, you know, I was downtown and something awful happened, chances are that somebody would know who I am yeah. and that they yeah. would come and try and help and, and just be super kind. So I do feel really safe here. Right. Now, before we were friends, I actually kind of knew of you before ah! because uh, I went through went to a bunch of markets and you were always a vendor there. And yeah. I like recognized you from that. And then when I got to attend my very, I think it was my second market, we vended together. I think it was Ray's Valentine's Day market. Yeah. And that was the very first market I got to vend with you. And oh. I remember being completely, like, starstruck, which is so funny. Oh, because- my God. What the heck? <laughs> because I, like, I I knew you before. Like, knew you as, like, Martina Doom, the brand. And I remember <laughs> thinking, like, how cool is it that I'm, like, hanging out with the big dogs and vending next to the big dogs? Like, I'm not worthy. I remember oh, feeling girl, so- I'm a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> but to me you were like I I saw you before yeah. I was you know vending or before I even consider starting my own brand and so I thought it was so cool and I remember um one of the shows that like before I was vending um you were I think you were like next to Irene of Castle Rose mm-hmm. maybe and yeah. I remember thinking you guys were like the coolest <laughs> oh well thank you so much I re- I genuinely thought that I thought like wow this is such a cool thing that these people these creatives are making a career out of like you know their talents and I just thought it was super cool and I never at at that point I had never thought about doing it myself so I was just amazed by it I thought it was really cool because it's not like I feel like a lot of artists have to go through like some sort of agency or or something like that which is not a bad thing Mm -hmm. but I thought it was really cool that you guys were like doing it on your own and I really admired that and I just loved going to those markets and seeing what you guys made and what you guys had and like the talent like all the talent was incredible that is so sweet of you (laughs) so much wow I mean yeah it is cool it is cool (laughs) it's very cool it's like a I had never where I lived before did not have these types of markets. Yeah. And if there were going to be any markets, it's going to be like a farmer's market type of thing, which is right. great. But um, Totally because, different vibe. Yeah, different vibe. And because I was probably younger at the time when I was living in my hometown, uh, I'm not really looking for food. That's my parents. Yeah. That's for my parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so You're just like, I'm not going to that. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. So this was like a completely different vibe. And I was like exposed to it when I had moved to Niagara. And I had never seen that before. It was all really new to me, which is so funny because it's it's the Niagara's not like a huge, huge city either, mm-hmm. but it was still it was still something like new to me and I felt like it felt like a really a cool community that I wanted to be a part of, but I didn't know how to yeah um but yeah it was it's so crazy that uh before we had even become friends I was like oh my god I'm talking to Martina (laughs) (laughs) wow I don't even know what to say (laughs) but like it's so funny now I'm happy I could do that for you (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny to think about though like yeah like there's a few people that I've run into that because I met you guys a lot of you guys before even jumping into the small business world um it's so funny to think that I felt like it was so like unattainable and stuff Mm -hmm. like that you know it's it's crazy to think 
and it's only been like a year and a half since I've started, so I'm still like a little baby. A yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, you're you're killing it though. You really are. Oh my and I god! Re- I remember the the that event that we first ended at together, and I think you were up on the stage. Yep. And yep. I went up there, and I just saw your setup. I was like, "What the heck? This girl's a professional!" Oh my god! Like, and she just started. Like <laughs> everything was curated so beautifully, and you had your wire art oh. out, which is just so exquisite like it's it's breathtaking really so you know you've always had it you've always had it oh thank you so much I feel like um a lot of it was like I don't know I just tried my best yeah exactly I was gonna try to come up with like a reason but like I don't really have a reason I think I just tried really hard yeah well it totally shows like you put a lot a lot of effort into what you do and I think it totally pays off and and yeah, you don't. Thank you. You you, you were meant to be in, in in this world, whatever this oh. world is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Of it's course. a really cool creative space. Yeah. And um, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today, right? Like mm-hmm. being creative because, I mean, there's a lot of different mediums. There's a lot of different ways to be a creative. You could be a musician. You could be an artist. Even with being an artist, there's so many different mediums involved with that too. Yeah. Um, but the whole creative industry is it's crazy because I feel like it's our time (laughs) it really is I totally agree I feel like even you know before the pandemic things were happening but now I feel like people Mm -hmm. are appreciating and valuing art more than they used to because you know it touches them in a different way and I think a lot of people as well are being are, are kind of waking up to the fact that big businesses don't have small interests in mind. They don't care about you and your neighbor. They care about yeah. making money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's finally, you know, people are finally realizing that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's so, so great. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool to see. And I think if anything, it's just going to keep getting better. Like more and more people are saying shop local, shop small mm-hmm. and are going out of their way to do it. They're realizing that, you know, convenience isn't always the top priority it's about sustaining your community and and you know helping helping the people that live on your street or in your city put Mm -hmm. food on their table rather than helping a ceo stay rich yes and i think it's it's so cool that we're at this point where people are still figuring like people are figuring that out and people are um, going out of their way to to make sure that they are helping their neighbor it's incredible like it's so different from even like two years ago I feel totally yeah there's a huge shift happening and like obviously it will take time um but in general like you can already see the effects of that happening Mm -hmm. now you've been a creative for quite some time now I did go through your entire Instagram feed not to be creepy that's embarrassing (laughs) why no 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 I learned so much about like (laughs) okay let me rephrase that I did your research I learned a lot about like your creative journey, I guess, like all yeah. the things you dabbled into. Yeah. Because at the very beginning, you did like typography. I saw a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, you don't really do that now, so I was surprised to see that. Yep. Um, you did some cross stitching too. I yep. saw that as well. Like, oh I creeped your, I creeped from the very beginning. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't even like what year was. I don't even know what year. I have no idea. I don't remember. Maybe yeah, like twenty four. So 2014 2015 maybe yeah wow okay yeah so you kind (laughs) of so you kind of dabbled into like every medium out there 
I feel even like yeah. digital t- uh, digital world as well. Like you, you're doing YouTube videos as well, and you do uh, graphic design. Like you've dabbled into everything. Yeah, I is it <laughs> is it because you were just like curious, or you just really yeah. have that much creative energy that you need to like <laughs> put oh, it somewhere? I wish I understood a little bit more <laughs> why I do the things I do. I think <laughs> I think part of it is definitely that I just when I see something that I'm interested in, it just, it makes me want to try it. And so Mm -hmm. I do. And it's nice to have, I love learning new skills. I love being able to see something and then figure out how to make that happen. Like I, I, I feel very fulfilled doing that. And of course, sometimes I just have a creative idea that is applied to a specific medium. And so then I try that medium in order to like get that idea out. Right. But it can feel a little bit chaotic, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. You yeah, you know. <laughs> I've I've dabbled into a lot of different creative avenues as well. Like different um I did more I feel like I dabbled more into the digital realm. Mm-hmm. Like I've done painting, I've done pastels, I've done charcoal, I've done those things too. And I really enjoyed those things, but I feel like I found more enjoyment in like the digital space like I've Mm -hmm. done I don't want to call myself a graphic designer because I'm not but I do enjoy playing around on illustrator and photoshop when I can yeah um I really like video editing um I really like stuff like that and like podcasting I don't know if this is considered an art or a creative avenue but this is another thing that I'm dabbling into and it is overwhelming because I feel like I hate the saying of uh what is it like what is it, jack of all trades, but, like, master oh, of ma- none? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like sometimes I'm like, is that me? <laughs> I know, I <laughs> because know. we dabble into so many different um, creative outlets because we are curious, because we are creatives, and we want to try it. Like, I think that's part of being a creative. Like, I don't think that we are – you know, the master of none. I think we just like to try everything and figure out what we excel in. And, uh, you know, I think I think that's part of being a creative. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, everybody hits kind of a creative block in their life. Yeah. Um, multiple times, for sure. Oh, my God, yes. And Weekly. sometimes a new <laughs> – yeah, sometimes a new medium can help pull you out of that because it's just a way for you to express yourself in a totally different way. And it doesn't always have to be – that you pick up that medium because you want it to be shared with other people or that you're trying to profit off of it in some way. It can just be Mm -hmm. that you're trying something new for fun because I know for myself, it's very easy to create with the intention of producing something that I can make into merchandise or I can share online or, Mm -hmm. you know, in some way (laughs) it can be consumed by others. Um, But it's, I'm, I, what one thing the pandemic has kind of showed me is that it's really important for me to make time for myself to be creative just for me. Yeah. And that's something I have recently learned when I moved out here, I started pursuing with Nini full time. Mm -hmm. And that was like, you know, I've always fashion is like a huge part of who I am. And so I've always defined myself that way. And when I started with Nini, I thought it was awesome because it kind of incorporates all of my hobbies into one and I'm able to make a living out of it. Mm -hmm. But I realized that 
at the end of the day when I'm, you know, not working on with Nini, what am I doing for myself? Like I felt in a way kind of like I was missing something. Yeah. Like I was missing that creative outlet because I made my creative outlet into my job. Yeah. And that's something that you know, when I realized that, I was like scrambling. I was like, "Okay, hey, what can I do?" So I bought like I bought like um a journal. I bought like just a book to sketch in. I started songwriting again, just trying to find something to be a creative outlet that I can't make into my job because I do have the tendency to do that and it's a good and bad thing it's good in that like I can make you know money from it but it's bad because I don't have a personal outlet for myself totally and it's super weird because I think with social media um social media makes it so easy to turn anything into a career almost yeah, it's so true. Um, anytime you have an interest, you can find someone online who is successful yeah. doing that full time. And it makes you, it, it can be good because, you know, it inspires you and makes you realize, wow, they can do it. Why can't I do it? Mm-hmm. But it can be bad because sometimes it doesn't need to be that. Sometimes it just needs to be for you. And it's really hard to, I think, uh, draw that line between creative pursuits and career, I guess. Yeah, it's really hard to I still don't have like the like advice or a solution to this. Like I find myself constantly falling into it. Like I'll make something and then I'm like this would do probably well in the shop or I share it on my like on a Instagram story or something and it gets really good feedback. I'm like I could probably just carry this in my shop. Mm-hmm. And then so it's like this never ending um thing that I go through where I I make something or try something and I think I'm doing good at it and I'm really enjoying it and then I share it with the world and then and then I have to go find something else (laughs) yeah because eventually it doesn't cut it for you anymore right no it becomes work exactly and it's not that I I mean I think with any person that turns their job like their hobby into a job I think there's this is something that they all go through I've listened to so many podcasts about this too and it's nice to know I'm not the only one but uh yeah I think it's a struggle that a lot of people go through if they've turned their hobby into a career yeah absolutely we all need to have balance in some way and it's really hard to do that when you know something that fulfills you becomes something that you have to do to put food on your table Mm -hmm, exactly um, so for you, when did you, when did you start Martina Doom? I know that that's not your real name. I know your real name is Martina, but Doom isn't your real last name. No. Actually, let's go back. Where yeah. did that name come from? <laughs> so my last, my official last name on all government paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> official last name. <laughs> is, is Martina Kadumia. Okay. Um, and, you know, I grew I grew up with people never knowing how to pronounce my last name because there's right. a J in it, and that always throws people <laughs> off, and they're just like, could do me J, could do me Do you not J. pronounce the J? Can you say it again? You don't pronounce the J? Well, so I'm my family is Croatian, and so the okay. J in the Croatian alphabet is pronounced like a Y. Oh. Yeah, so instead of it being could do me J, it's could do me Y. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, that's always been frustrating to me. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't I don't need this. I'm very proud of my heritage. I'm very proud of right. my name. But I don't need to be explaining to everybody how to pronounce my yeah. name. It's just not something I, I need to do. Um, so I took Doom as like a play on my last name mm-hmm. uh, because it's pronounced Kadoom Mia. So right. 
yeah, I just took it oh, from there. Okay. And I, I just like the way that it sounded. And even though like when you look at my art, you might not necessarily get uh, the vibe doom from it. I still <laughs> I feel like the emo person in me re- res- resonates with that really well. <laughs> <laughs> the angsty version of you. Exactly. I will always no, be 16 year old think... me somewhere. <laughs> exactly. And I think it's a great name. I think it's catchy and easy to say. And uh, yeah, I don't think, I think it's cool to have a stage name. I don't have one. <laughs> so well, I Mimi think is really kind cool. of yours, isn't it? I guess so. It yeah. is now, but it's, I feel like, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. All right, totally. I have a stage name. I have a stage name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> but um, you, you basically, you went by Martina, Martina Doom because it was just easier to pronounce and you didn't have to explain anything further. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it was exactly, simple. It sounded yeah. right. Yeah. That's exactly why I changed my brand name into With Nini. Yeah. I actually just want it to be Nini, but that was already taken. So I oh, had, to go, had to go with, with Nini. Yeah. Um, but... Uh yeah, it was the same same reason. Lilith's lookbook was what I was before, mm-hmm. and I still think it's a really cute name. It is really hard to pronounce, and I found myself constantly spelling it out for people. Uh-huh. And it's a long ass name, so yeah. it, it, I like. I feel like I'm just telling them the whole alphabet because it was so long to yeah. spell it out. <laughs> yeah. So that's exactly why I changed my name too because I wanted it to be, I guess more consumer friendly in that people can pronounce it and I feel like Nini I relate to a lot more because it is my Cambodian name so it is more personal too so yeah I love it and I think I mentioned this to you before when you first um rebranded that my mom actually calls me Nini yeah (laughs) which is so so funny (laughs) (laughs) yeah like where did that come from I guess like where my from yeah from Martina she would just (laughs) okay yeah she from the I don't know. I guess the Ina, but <laughs> I was trying to think. I, don't I was know. like thinking. I was thinking of how it's spelled. I'm like Martina. I guess from the yeah. Ina? <laughs> She's changed around some letters and, and stuck with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's such a cute nickname, and I'm not saying that just because it's my Cambodian name. Like I genuinely think that name is so cute. <laughs> it is cute. It's very cute. I love it. Yeah, and I. Wish I still don't was. want everyone calling me that though. <laughs> just your mom yeah just my mom and when I was like growing up and we'd be out in public and she would call me I'd be like mom (laughs) oh really yeah I I would like I maybe I don't know I don't know maybe when I was younger it'd be different but like now as an adult I'd love to if I my name was Nini instead of Jennifer yeah I, I always felt like Jennifer never resonated with me yeah. I feel like when I think of a person a person named Jennifer, no offense to anyone named Jennifer, this isn't true because I'm also a Jennifer too. So don't be <laughs> offended. But I always imagine like a boring office person. Yeah. <laughs> and that's there's nothing, not you. Yeah, I never felt like it was me, even though I did work in the boring office. I, mm-hmm. I just never felt like it was me. And I always – I said to my parents I did wish that they just committed to Nini and just made that my – legal name on everything but they they gave me a valid reason they didn't want me to get picked on in school and stuff like that so they picked yeah. very very western names for my brother and I my brother's name is Richard which is very also Caucasian yeah. <laughs> and, and my name as well is Jennifer so Richard and Jennifer we have like very generic names but I get I understand why my parents did it but I do think Nini's a way more 
it just fits my personality more. It's more bubbly and more fun. Definitely. Yeah. When I see you, I see a Nini. I don't see a Jennifer. Oh, thank you. And I have you. a cousin named Jennifer, so no oh. offense. <laughs> yeah, no, no offense to her if she's listening. You're very different. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's really, um, yeah, I think it's really cool that you have like a, a separate name kind of to be creative, but it's still your name. Like it's yeah, still Yeah, totally, you. totally. I it, I think it helps to um, kind of, for me, like compartmentalize um, my artistic side of myself because even though no matter what, I will always be a creative person, it's not the right. only thing about me either. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I get it. It's, it's uh, really cool though. It's like a good way to like separate real life versus kind of like your... I don't want to say persona, but, you know, you're a creative part of you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, So I'm just, like, looking at my, like, I've gone all over the map of this conversation. I did not follow any of my guidelines at all Ah. because I I just like talking. Um, (laughs) So I didn't follow any of, like, the things I have written down here. But I do have some questions. Um, Let me just read what I wrote. What is okay? So, what is something that you like to do creatively? Because now we we did we just talked about how um, I struggle with not making everything a create not making every creative thing into my job. Mm-hmm. So, what is something that you like to do work wise, like for your creative career and personally? What is like a creative thing you like to do for both? Oh, geez. Uh, well, when it comes to comes to my like creative business. Mm-hmm. I never limit myself with what I can do. Like I've done screen printing, I've done block printing, I paint, I work with clay. Like yeah, you've I, done you've done it all. <laughs> I do it all, and I love it all. I just kind of mm-hmm. do. You should see. Like I, I think I told you as well. Um, I recently got a whiteboard. And oh yes, yes. I just put all of my ideas on there and they're all different mediums. They really are. Really? Um, wow. But I, I love, I love the idea of tackling them all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as for what I like to do outside of my creative business, that's still creative. Um, I really love home decor. Oh yeah. I've always been interested in that. Even when I was a kid for fun, I would just move my room around, uh, rearrange things. And I would go to the dollar store and pick like different little figures I could display in my room. Like I was, I was a very funny child. But That's so cute. No, that's adorable. That's so cute. I feel like that's such a mature thing to be into. Oh yes. Capricorn children are very mature. <laughs> Because I only got into, like, home decor, like, maybe in, like, 2013. So, like, when I was, like, what is that? Was I 18 at the time? I think so. 18 or 19. That's, like, probably when I started getting into home decor. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I never once thought about it until, like, I started really getting into YouTube. And I started watching people do, like, haul videos or, like, you know, decorate this house with me or whatever. And I was, like, oh, my God. This is so cool. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It can be so inspiring. But then you're, like, I'm renting an apartment. So I'm, like, I'm limited to what I'm able to do in here. But I'm constantly thinking about, oh, when I have a house, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. (laughs) (laughs) That's, like, one of my favorite things to do. It's This is, like, I guess this is, like, a creative thing I enjoy doing for fun. I don't know if it's creative. But this is uh, really strange, I guess. But I like to, like, look at houses that are for sale. And I, like, go through, like, the house and all the rooms and stuff like that and think about – like, I, I don't, like, spend hours on it, but I, I think about what I would do to change it. I love it. that. <laughs> it's, like, super strange, but I just cannot wait for the day I can afford a house and I know. have, like, a place that's, like, my own. 
I think it'd be so fun. And and it would feel so I don't know, it's nice to know that this is where I'll be staying for like a long time type of thing. Because totally. with renting, I, I always know in the back of my head, like, I can just move if I don't like it here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so you also nice. know, like, even if you do want to put some like time, effort or money into the place that you're renting, it's like, is mm-hmm. it worth it if I don't own yeah. this place? Which sucks because I do want to like decorate and I do want to like have fun with it and make it feel like, you know, when you walk in, it's like my personality and my boyfriend's personality and our interests and stuff like that. But I don't want to invest in doing that in a rental. So yeah. I just live in like houses that are basically like blank walls for the most part because mm-hmm. I don't want to like do anything or invest in it. We we talked about how when I moved here, I it was like four months pre-COVID like yeah I had only four months without COVID basically but without the pandemic and when we realized that we were going to be stuck in this house for who knows how long I was like okay I need to make it feel like home so I actually did I didn't invest in anything but I did you know put time out I've I guess I invested time into decorating it and making it feel like home because realistically we are spending every single day here now like every hour every waking hour in our house now yeah absolutely it's hard to to find that line where you're like oh I don't know how long I'm gonna be here but I live here so I should enjoy my space so I've always been like a big big advocate of at least like you know surround yourself with things that make you happy because if you have to be there a lot of your time you may as well enjoy what you're looking at right exactly and I think because of the pandemic everything was like closed for the most part or like a lot of places were and so I had to get creative with how I want to decorate my space because I couldn't just like you know go to I don't know like home sense or something to buy Mm -hmm. something so it was kind of a good challenge and I feel good about my space now and I didn't have to spend any money which made me feel makes me feel even better like I had to I had to spend some money like I did print off some pictures but like otherwise basically zero dollars that's awesome. Yeah, and that's like that's so great. And I when you were talking about how that is like a, a creative thing that you like to do beyond your creative career, um, I totally forgot about home decor. Like I ho- I totally forgot that like the whole home, um, I don't know spectrum category counts as creative, but it oh, totally absolutely. does. Absolutely, yeah, it totally does. Yeah, I watch people do like home decorating videos, and I'm like, how do they how do they do that? <laughs> I know it can be so inspiring and then you're also like ugh yeah <laughs> my I've home like, is disgusting <laughs> I've tried I've tried to do like their DIYs or like they do like these how to plan out like how to confidently plan out your living room decor or whatever and I'm like following their their guide and everything but once I actually am done mine I look at it and I'm like it doesn't even <laughs> it doesn't even look good it's not it's nothing like theirs like it it really is a skill like home yes. decorating interior decorating my goodness that's a skill I wish I like excelled in <laughs> yeah I know I feel like we can always be better at at everything that we like <laughs> oh yeah totally but that's I feel like with creativity I know like this is a debate that people have in like high school and stuff about how you can't really grade art and stuff like that I feel like that's exactly it like now we don't have like grades associated with our work Mm -hmm. um so it is really limitless like we can absolutely we can always we always feel like we need to improve as creatives yeah 
I think a good way, um, if you do want to like critique your own work is to look at your work, Mm -hmm. um, a year ago or a couple years ago and see the changes in that, because I find I'm, I'm a, I'm pretty hard on myself when it comes to my own creative pursuits. And it's very hard to get out of that mindset, like, oh, this isn't good enough. And especially like when you're exposed to so much art online, it's easy to compare your work to other people. But I find if I just compare my work today to my work four years ago, I can see that, you know, I have grown as an artist and it, and it does help me get a little bit more perspective. Right. That's actually great advice. I was actually going to ask you how much you think social media impacts us as creatives. And I know, (laughs) I know. And when you said like the whole comparison comparison thing, you know, I find myself falling into that too without even realizing it. Yeah. Um, Because there's so much art out there. There's so many creatives out there. There's, you know, we're all trying to find our little space online and it is competitive even though a lot of times we are supportive of each other there is a bit of competitive competitiveness no matter what absolutely yeah and it's very easy to unconsciously get stuck on your phone on instagram or whatever other app you use and not even realize that oh 20 minutes has passed by and I feel like shit now because yeah <laughs> because I've been just sitting here looking at everybody else's beautiful work and I'm not doing any work right now so then right, exactly. you're not motivated to even create it's like a, a sense of pressure in some way yeah because you're like this person is doing this and I can probably do something just as good but I'm not and there's like I guess it's like a it's comparison and pressure Yes. A pressure and comparison thing at all at the same time. And it is very discouraging. Yeah. <laughs> like, I do think that the online space has inspired me a lot and has helped me grow a lot as a, as a creative. But I would be lying if I said that I didn't feel discouraged sometimes seeing other people's work and thinking I can do that or sometimes do better, but I didn't you know right absolutely I I do agree like there is definitely good and bad to it um I've you know there are a lot of things that I that I've done because I've been inspired by other people Mm -hmm, me too but yeah there is a fine line and I think it's really important to have boundaries with social media as a creative person or even as a person who's not creative because it's so easy to just compare your life or your achievements to other people online but we always have to try and remember that people are curating their feeds to look a specific Mm -hmm. way and they're leaving out the the hard stuff that's that's so true I my my social feed at least for with Nini is very very curated Mm-hmm. and I, it's on purpose like I don't want to share some things and that's just how it is yeah. and um yeah social media is basically for everyone a place of like highlights of yeah. good stuff and people just have to remember that even though it looks like rainbows and butterflies all the time I know um you can I feel like social media even if you're not a creative like you said it's easily it's easy to get consumed yeah. And fall into that trap of comparison, comparing yourself. Yeah. Um, I try not to – see, I use social media a lot. Obviously, it's part of my job. And so I use social media quite a bit. But if I know that I, you know, want to make, I don't know, a new wire art collection or something, I try really hard not to search up anything. Like I try not yeah. to like – 
even though inspiration is good, I have this fear of accidentally copying somebody else's work unintentionally. Yes. Yes. I'm super f- afraid of that. So I find myself like instead of like browsing the internet the day I want to make um, a new collection or something for wire art, I'm just like <laughs> I'm just like avoiding looking at anyone's work just to yeah. prevent myself from accidentally copying them, which is so weird because there's one like sometimes I have this like internal argument with myself of like, am I copying them or am I just inspired by them? And there's like such a fine line between that. Totally. And it's so hard to determine. (laughs) Yeah. It's very sticky in the art community for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And it, and it depends on the medium you use as well. Right. Like what can be considered like completely ripping somebody off versus just being inspired by like, a color palette or a theme or whatever the case is. But I think that's really awesome that you try and avoid social media when you do that. That's been something I've been trying to work into my practice as well. Like when I know I want to create a specific product or work on a specific idea, I do try and stay away from social media. And instead I'll go on Google. And if I want to draw like a house, I'll search up a specific kind (laughs) of house and get inspiration from like actual real life photographs rather than other people's artwork yeah and that's hard <laughs> yeah it's so hard it's yeah. yeah because I'm having like flashbacks of like high school where I had to draw like a rose or something and I just like googled like drawing of a rose instead of an actual rose because I yeah. just didn't know how I just didn't know how to you know turn that photograph into uh, a drawing <laughs> and so yeah. I remember googling like a rose drawing or whatever and I just basically I guess copied that yeah so it's so hard to do that to find a photograph and try to make it into you know use a different medium to create it yeah it's hard (laughs) it is hard it's definitely like a muscle you you have to exercise (laughs) yeah no definitely it's definitely not something that comes natural to me at all (laughs) no me either and it's only something I've really tried to force myself to do within the last little while and I think again like the pandemic is something that really inspired that because I realized Mm -hmm. you know I'm so overexposed to other art online and I don't want to take that away from myself because I like seeing other people's art and I love supporting other artists but I also need to remember that I can't create authentic and genuine art if I'm constantly influenced by other people's styles like I want Mm -hmm. something to be a a genuine reflection of me rather than you know bits and pieces of other people's work yeah I actually have a friend uh who who is an artist she does oil painting in like specifically I don't know how to like say this but basically her main medium of choice is oil paints yeah and uh she she graduated from an art program and art school. And I remember talking to her about, you know, what it's like to be an artist and, and stuff like that. And she did say to me that if she wanted to be like successful, she'd have to follow the trend, which is what she didn't want to do. Yeah. And I found that really interesting because I had never thought about that before. It's true. You have to, I know in fashion it's like that, but I never really thought about that in terms of other careers and other fields because I'm so I'm so into fashion that I don't really think about what it's like for the other creatives out there but it's so true if I guess she was telling me that if she wanted to you know become popular and make like a, a decent living right now she would have to go into like minimalistic artwork which she didn't want to do wow yeah and that's hard yeah, that's interesting that's, yeah that's a tough one because 
now you have to decide like whether you should stay true to yourself or do you need or like making a career like versus making a career for yourself yeah and it's tough because I also struggle with um I always want everything to be genuine which doesn't necessarily mean means I'll make money from it yeah which is hard because this is my full-time job yeah and so there's a constant battle of like staying genuine and true but I know that this could make some money and so it's like a a weird a weird thing I have to go through because I need to figure out which one matters more because if I make money which it means I can continue creating yeah and if I but if I'm doing something that I don't really want to it's just gonna feel like a chore and I'm not gonna enjoy the process and I always choose to do what I like instead which means a lot of times I don't always make money with everything I do yeah but I have a really big fear of being burnt out and I feel like that would happen if I'm forcing myself into something I don't want to do. Yeah. I think with creative pursuits, it's hard to, that that makes it even more difficult because if you're forcing yourself to create things that aren't fulfilling to you, it will feel more like a job and you will get mm-hmm. burnt out. So at the end of the day, I think it's always good to just make art that's genuine to you and feels mm-hmm. authentic to who you are and what you're interested in. Mm-hmm. And the right people will always find you. And that's yes. one of the benefits of social media and the online community is that there's so many people out there, so many yes. people online and they will find you. It might take time. It might take a lot of work, but you know, in the end they'll find you. Yeah, definitely. I always, that's what I kind of tell myself when I'm, when I'm making that decision because if I'm doing something that I genuinely genuinely like, people will people can tell. Yeah. For sure. Like I can look at somebody's work and I can I know for sure whether they like it or not. Like I I'm pretty confident and um if I'm you know scrolling on my feed or something and I see something pop up and I can tell that they genuinely enjoy it and they actually you know they're not doing it for money. They're just doing it cuz they like it. Like you can yeah. tell that. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. You yeah, can see definitely. pieces that like have people's souls in them versus, oh, it's just a product to to earn a paycheck. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I think that's the thing about being like creative. Like there's no rules basically. And it's yeah. very, it's very, um, it's hard. It's not an easy career to get into. Mm-hmm. When you started, what did you, did you actually uh, study did um sorry graphic design or anything like that no I actually um I have a sociology degree (laughs) what I would have never thought oh my god (laughs) I know I never went to school for art and even when I was in high (gasps) school I didn't take art what I know shocking to me which is it's it's shocking even to me because as a child (laughs) I've always been artistic I was always drawing but I think I had this um my family grew up um, low income, and so I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I was very good at art, and we had like a, I don't know what you would call like an art teacher who would come to the elementary school and teach kids okay. like extracurricular art. But that was a paid service, and my family couldn't oh, afford it. And okay. so then I always had this mentality like, oh, art is not accessible. Right, right. And so I think I just set myself up for thinking that that wasn't going to be a career option for me, that I couldn't make money from it, and that I couldn't Mm -hmm. invest money into it. And not until I was, like, 
I guess my last year of university is when I really was like, no, screw this. Like, I like art. It makes me happy. I'm just going to do it. Oh, my God. That's – oh, my God. This is like – this could be a movie. I can just imagine, like, this <laughs> – I can just imagine, like, this moment where, like, you stare dead into the camera and there's, like, sparks flying. Oh, my <laughs> where gosh. You re- where you realize that, you know what? You are going to pursue art and you are going to be so good at it. Oh, my gosh. Well, maybe one day you'll see it on the big screen. <laughs> oh, who would you like to – like, what actress would you like to play you? Oh, no. <laughs> sure, I have no idea. I've I feel like it would have before. to be – I feel – no, I, I don't think I've ever thought about this. Uh, no, yeah, I've like, been asked it before and I don't have an answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I do either. I know that when I was like maybe in university in high school, a lot of people compared me to Zoe Deschanel. Oh, I can um, see that. I can yeah, see that. Oh my for, god, like, I her can't personality. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is fine. Like, you know, I don't really know what she's like as a person, but as an actress, me she either, has that she's... like quirkiness to her, yeah. which I feel like, you know, she she could probably represent me pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. If she's listening, everyone. <laughs> yeah, Zoe Deschanel, get at me. <laughs> For a potential movie that we haven't, like, that hasn't been written at all. Yeah, I'll pay you an exposure. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. But um, in elementary school, did your elementary school not have a art class? Yeah, we did have art classes, but there was, like, like an extracurricular art program that, you know. Okay. The teacher of that was like, oh, you should really do this. And then, you know, me being, like, an excited child goes to my parents and they're like, oh, like, this isn't something we can really afford to do. Right. And so I think, like, being a young person and being very aware of, like, our financial situation, that really, like, kind of stuck in my mind. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I feel like for me – Getting into the so my brother and I are both creatives. He actually is, uh, what is he a compo a compositor? Is that a word? Is that a what com- he is? Like a I com- don't know. a composer? It. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what my brother does, but basically he he edits movies. Like he helps with like Disney films and edits what stuff like that. Yeah, I know it's wild. He's very cool. <laughs> yeah, he does he does that. So he's always been a creative too. So both my brother and I, he's older than me by the way, mm-hmm. and we were very very close when we were younger. So we were very much just a creative duo. We loved dancing, we loved singing, we liked uh we liked, you know, anything creative and there was people in our life that would tell our parents that we weren't gonna basically be successful because we were so into the arts. Like, we weren't going to uh, find a stable job. Um, it's going to be very hard for us to make a living. And and uh, we heard that throughout our entire youth, basically. Yeah. But we still decided to pursue the arts. He went into um, – he went into actually – actually, I think it was, like, something with video games. Something, okay. something with – like making characters and such for video games oh animation wow. why can't i speak yeah he, <laughs> <laughs> he went into like computer animation i think or video game animation and i went into fashion so we both went into very creative fields and um with even though people did say that we wouldn't make a living out of it we are and 
I'm so thankful my parents like were cool with that. They they're they're very much um because they didn't grow up with stability, they mm-hmm. want us to have a stable living and of course they did the typical like we want you to be a lawyer or um a doctor or something like that that they thought yeah. was stable. And so we did have that pressure too growing up, but uh we still ended up pursuing the arts because at the end of the day it's our life and I don't want to like wake up to like a nine to five job I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm so thankful that my parents understood that because I feel like a lot of people in our like Cambodian community were super against it and they were kind of like laughing at us for pursuing, you know, something that seems so unattainable. Wow. And look at you two now. Oh, thank you. I'm still still like very small in what I do. I think my brother's doing really great in his career. Um, But I didn't, I didn't really take a very easy traditional route for my creative career. I'm just trying my best. (laughs) And you know what? I think the difference there is that your brother is working for like a different, like a business, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you are, you are self-employed. Yeah, I'm, yeah. So it's always going to be, yeah, it's always going to be a different climb when, when you're doing things on your own and you're learning as you go. Right, exactly. And I think, I think a lot of creatives fall into this. So yeah. I have like this little section here. I don't have a name for it, but basically it's like kind of an advice section. Yeah. So let's try our best to give these fake people that I've made up advice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, yes. <laughs> let's see. What advice would you give to someone that wants to turn their hobby into a career? Um, it's like a loaded I, question. <laughs> I know. It's just like, how much time do we have, though? <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, I would just say you just have to try. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be hard. It's going to suck sometimes. You're going to be really hard on yourself, and you're going to want to give up. But yeah. it's not about those moments. It's about showing up and putting the work in and just making work that's authentic to you. And like I kind of mentioned before, the right people are going to find you. People are there's enough people out there in the world who will always like what you're doing. You just have to keep doing it and they'll they'll find you along the way. Oh my god, so good. <laughs> that was so good. When this comes out, I'm going to have to listen to it and give myself this advice. <laughs> Yeah, just have it, like, on loop yeah, <laughs> over yeah. and over and over again. She's like, oh, past Martina, she's kicking my ass right now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that's so true. And I think a lot of people have a hard time just starting. Yeah. So just, I hate to, like, quote fucking Nike, but, like, oh. just do it. You know, like, <laughs> just do it. Like, it's just true. Start. Yeah. I think you have to start somewhere, and I know – I have so many friends that want to dabble into something like YouTube or um, just something creative. And they tell me for years that they want to and that they're prepping for it. And they still haven't done it just because Mm -hmm. they're spending so much time prepping for it, but not actually executing it because they want it to be perfect. But no matter what, it's not going to be perfect. No, no, definitely won't. And I think a lot of times like I can relate to that completely because even I you know I do have a YouTube channel but that's something I've been thinking about for many years and I think fear is the biggest thing that holds people back for sure 
you know, you don't want to go 10 years down the road and not have tried to do that thing because I, I feel like that's much scarier than just, you know, trying. Exactly. No, I feel that. Yes. I constantly tell people that something, not constantly, it's not like I have a pop in social life, but when when this conversation comes up, I do, I always say that, like, I always encourage them to just do it because no matter what, even, even if you, you know, made it so that it's super perfect, a year from now, you're not even going to be that same person. Absolutely. You're going to have a whole different perspective. You're going to have way more experience under your belt and you're going to want to do things differently. And that's normal. It doesn't have to be the same the entire yeah. time. And yeah, so I honestly, my advice is just to just to do it, get, get started. Yeah. Um, I think social media is a great place. It's a free platform to expose your work and share your work. and to network so I think that's kind of like a great starting point yeah for anyone that wants to turn their hobby into a career and even if they don't want to turn into a career and just want to share their work just for fun like social media is a great place to start yes absolutely I I agree now advice you'd give to someone that wants to start a career on social media as a creative yeah (laughs) It's hard. It's interesting. Yeah. Social media is still relatively new. Yes. It's new and it's forever changing. Like what oh worked. My God. Yeah. What worked a year ago doesn't work today. And I'm constantly seeing people share that, oh, you know, likes don't really matter that much oh, anymore. Oh no, yeah, which is it's weird. about saving photos and sending them to your friends and commenting and, and stuff and now reels are on there. Like it's hard to keep oh up my with God. it. Yeah. And yeah. I think in a way that can really suck you in and distract you from the most important thing. And the most important mm-hmm. thing is just, you know, making making the work, doing doing the thing that you're doing. Um, right. Consistency, I think, is important as well. And I'm not so great at that, but that's something <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be better at. You're going to listen to this on loop as well. <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> just as inspo. <laughs> yep. Good for me. <laughs> um, no, I'm yeah, like, I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah consistency is important like even it like you know you don't need to post every single day but if you post once a week that's that's still consistent you know you just have to find a schedule that works for you because I know a lot of creatives also have um part-time jobs or maybe even Mm -hmm. full-time jobs and you just have to do something that works for you and not get too stressed out about the numbers or the likes or anything like that don't let the algorithm control you Yes. And that is something that is so hard to do. Definitely easier said than done (laughs) for sure. Because I find myself falling into that too. Also with that whole thing, you know, people saying that likes don't matter as much anymore. Yeah. Where, where are the facts? We're like, where are they getting this from? Is this just like an assumption? Like I I know that I don't believe them, but I want to, I just want to understand. (laughs) I, I know. I, I, like I've, I've seen a different, a few different, people talk about this before and Mm -hmm. just saying that basically how algorithms work is that they will show you things that they think that you're going to spend more time on. So if I Mm -hmm. post like a video or a reel or um, a carousel, which is like multiple photos in one post, someone who goes to see that is going to spend more time rather than just like scrolling through the feed and liking without even realizing they're like, right. So that is better for the algorithm. Apparently, but who okay. actually knows? Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I, um, before pursuing with Nini, I was working as a social media specialist. I did digital marketing for about five years. Wow. And it's very 
different now. Like it's yeah. very, very different from what I had, what I was doing when I was working in digital marketing and the algorithm, it's just a guessing game. Like nobody yeah. actually knows what the hell is going on. <laughs> and you know, at the end of the day, it's a computer and it's yeah. always learning something new. So it's always adjusting itself. So that's why I think it's, you know, as much as it is important for sharing your content online, it's not something that we should get too worked up about. And right. that's why it's also important when you have, when you follow other people online whose work you like, try to engage with their, with their mm-hmm. content, whether it's like liking it or commenting or saving or sending it to a friend, like that stuff actually does matter. Yes, exactly. That is some good advice. Like oh. I, like I feel like I need to like I need to hear that. That it yeah. was me. That was me asking the question. Like yeah. Oh, I see. This isn't some made up person. These are these are your questions. This is actually me seeking help because yeah. I need it. But no, I'm with you. Like I find myself, you know, now they don't have it so that likes are visible. You can't see other people's yes. likes and stuff like that, which is so yes. good because. I mean, I see my own likes and it's sometimes it's not that impressive. And yeah. a part of me, a part of me feels relieved knowing that nobody can actually see it. That's unless true. They're, unless they're clicking onto it and counting it, then they're just a loser. But otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't let it suck you in. <laughs> otherwise, um, I feel like. I didn't think that whole switch to making the likes less visible, I didn't think that would impact me at all, but it really does help me. Like, it makes me feel a lot better knowing that even if my likes aren't that impressive, like, nobody can see that, and that's okay. <laughs> I I like that you're bringing this up because that, that's something I kind of forgot about. I remember when they that first happened, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's cool, and now I just don't think about it, but that's, I think, going to help me feel a little bit more calm about what I'm sharing. Yeah. <laughs> It's so hard because we we say like, you know, don't don't think of the numbers because you know, it just, you know, don't let that consume you, but numbers do play such a huge role and it's really hard not to let it consume you. Yeah. And so like that's like something I'm still working on. I try not to think of like look at the numbers too much. I try not to like see keep track of my following too much and see how many followers I've lost or gained or whatever. I try yeah. really hard not to focus on that and I think um, if somebody wants to start like a, a career on social media, they have to, they have to kind of figure that out. They have to make sure that they don't let that consume them because that will impact your performance on social media. Cause if yeah. you feel discouraged for, I don't know, losing a few followers or not reaching, you know, a, a good amount of likes and you let that consume you, it can really be discouraging and it will make you not like being in that space at all. Absolutely. Like be there for genuine reasons, not for superficial ones. Yes. And it's hard because most social media platforms are superficial. <laughs> yep. I know. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's How all do you about separate navigating. that? Yeah. It's all about navigating it. I guess you have to go in with almost no expectations. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just that's, be grateful for what you do have, you know, maybe yeah. you have 10 people who, who like your work, but maybe those 10 people are loyal, really, really like yeah. your work. Exactly. Whereas some accounts have thousands and thousands of followers and like, are they actually engaging with their content? Are they actually right. seeing any of it? Do they even like it? Like sometimes people yeah. just follow you for just to be nice, you know? <laughs> and sometimes, And sometimes people just follow you to get a follow back. 
Yeah. You know, so like yep. they might not even like your content. It's nice that they're there, I guess. But like yeah. if you have 10 people that are super supportive, super loyal to you, like that's way more valuable than a sea of people that are just there. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think if you're going into social media, if you're trying to make a, a career on social media as a creative, like you have to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Always be genuine. Yes. Oh, wow, we're good at this. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, a new podcast idea. <laughs> just advice. advice. Yeah, to just ourselves. advice. <laughs> oh, it's kind of sad, but yeah. <laughs> um, this is actually advice that I needed really badly when I first started, but advice you'd give to someone that, you know, is looking to sell their work and they are pricing their work. How does that work? That is so hard. Pricing is so hard. (laughs) Yeah, that's something I I still struggle with. Me too. Um, Well, I try to think of a few different factors when I'm trying to price something. I think Mm -hmm. about the materials that I used. So the cost of, you know, all like the paint or the clay or whatever I used to make that thing. Mm -hmm. I think about the time that I put into it, which isn't always like a good reflection. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like a lot of people forget to add that part. Oh. Because art takes a lot of time. Yes, absolutely. Especially when you're learning and you're Mm -hmm. trying different things and, you know, you're making stuff that you don't like and you're not going to sell, but then you're making things that you do like and you do want to sell. It's important to, to know that all of that time that you've spent creating something you like or don't like, it's all valuable. And if you were at any conventional job, you would be paid for the time. So that's, yes. you need to pay yourself a wage. Oh my um, God, that's ma- so true. At <laughs> least minimum wage, people, at least. Yes. <laughs> um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And then another thing I think about is how precious or Um, how much do I value that piece of work that I've made? So if I Mm -hmm. make a painting and it took me X amount of hours and I use this many supplies, but it's so important to me and I want to sell it, but you know, it's very valuable. I can increase the price of that painting because, you know, it means something to me. And if someone is willing to pay more for it, that means, you know, they appreciate it maybe in the same way that you do. They see the value in paying X amount of dollars for that piece of work that you've created. Right. Exactly. I still struggle with this. Like, like I was saying earlier, like pricing is one of the hardest things because if you are pricing items that you've made, you've made, you know, on your own, by hand, um, it's hard because you are determining the value of your own work. And since we are our own toughest critics, it's very, very, very hard to determine that value. Um, I find, even though earlier we were saying like not to compare ourselves to other people, sometimes it's nice to see what other people are selling their items at. If you do something similar, it's kind of a, a good way to kind of see how much they're pricing their things at and if you feel like yours is of more value or takes a little more, a little bit more time you can kind of base it on that and add more if needed um i think pricing is it's hard because there's no right or wrong but just mm-hmm. make sure you're getting paid <laughs> yeah <laughs> i agree with you 
I totally agree. I definitely look at other artists who make similar work to myself and I think mm-hmm. like, okay, how, how far along are they in their career versus mine? And like, what, what is the, like I make um, enamel pins, like what yes. is the average cost of an enamel pin? But mm-hmm. another thing that is, is a huge topic of debate within the like illustration community is people who undervalue their work. And oh my that gosh, be, it's a huge thing. That's so yeah. common. And it can be a really slippery slope because, you know, some artists know the value of their work, so they charge more. And Mm -hmm. whereas other people who don't know the value of their work and charge too little can end up undervaluing that entire uh, creative pursuit. Right. I I don't know if that is coming off the way I mean it to. I I just mean that. What you're doing matters. What you're doing Mm -hmm. takes time. And you need to understand that you have to charge a certain amount of money because if you, you know, make something and sell it, I don't know, for like 50 cents or whatever, another person (laughs) who's charging like $50, you know, someone else is going to see that price and be like, wow, they're charging $50 for that thing. But, you know, maybe it's actually worth that. Right. You're under, you're, unintentionally undervaluing undervaluing yeah somebody else's work basically yeah and and the entire industry I know within like um especially for there's a lot of businesses out there right now that are holding different contests for artists who are Mm -hmm. asking them to create work for free to submit to a contest all the time yeah so they'll submit their work to this contest maybe they'll get chosen and if they do they win exposure or some merchandise or whatever and it's right. like that's that's undervaluing the the whole industry because back in the day I mean maybe a few years ago back in the day <laughs> pe- people would get a living wage from yeah. from a commission like that mm-hmm. so, and, yeah. so stuff like that can be very dangerous pricing is a hard thing for sure I remember when I first started out and I made wire art for for uh, my very first market um I didn't even have intentions of carrying wire art it was like a last minute thing that I was like I'm gonna carry it because I really want to have a piece of me somewhere (laughs) yeah basically it was why I wanted to make this wire art and sell this wire art and and include it in the the show because I just wanted something that was more personal yeah Um, so it was on a whim and I at the time I priced it at like I think fifteen or twenty dollars. Like very yeah. very low because I was like, who is gonna buy this? Yeah. That's like what I used to think, but now when I'm pricing things, I I always think about how much would I want to pay for this? How much would my demo want to pay for this? Um yeah. and I feel like if people are coming to you saying your prices are really good, you should probably put your prices up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I mean, it's a compliment, but like if a bunch of people are telling you like, oh my God, this is such a great price, that probably means that your work is worth way more and they're just getting a, you know, a good bang for their buck, which yeah. isn't necessarily all that good, even though it's very nice that they like your work. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's an amazing, amazing point too. It's, There's so much that goes yeah. into it. <laughs> Pri- pricing is just so 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 hard and I wish there was like an easy formula that I can offer anyone listening but there's really there they don't there's no easy way to do it you just have to you know understand that whatever price you're thinking about right now double it (laughs) yeah it's probably too little (laughs) yeah especially if you're starting out and you don't know any better like it's definitely it's common and you don't need to feel bad about it because I you know, I made art for like $10, $15 thinking that was enough. 
Yeah. When it when it wasn't. Like I was spending hours and like hurting my fingers bending this wire by hand. Like yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, I think pricing is very hard, but I think the more the more um you do it and the more help like I don't know how to say it. Basically the longer you're in this industry, you start to understand your value more. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to put up the price. Yep, <laughs> I put up the absolutely. price of my items. Um, I have put up the price to my for my items because I've now realized that it is worth more and it is unique and it does require time and effort that deserves to be paid. So, yeah, yeah, pricing Preach. is hard. Yeah. <laughs> pricing is hard for I think for every creative. Absolutely, yeah. All right. And when in doubt, ask a friend. Maybe, oh, yeah. maybe they can help. Oh, yeah. Actually, I was talking to somebody recently through DM, and I was telling them about um, this project I've been working on for a while that I will be releasing in the springtime, which I haven't oh told anyone about. I'm so excited oh! about it, but I can't talk about it yet. But I'll be waiting. <laughs> <laughs> you might actually be an exclusive. I might tell you sooner just Ooh. because. <laughs> But yes, not, yes. But not right here, right now. <laughs> okay, no, okay. We'll but, wait, we'll wait. I'll be patient. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but um, this project I've been working on is something that I've never done before. And I was talking to another creator and I was saying how pricing is really hard because I've, it's something that I've never done before. It's yeah. something that's not like something that I've never carried either. So I don't really know how to price it. And her advice to me was to reach out to maybe like five or six loyal customers, send them a picture of that product and ask them how much they would pay for it because that is basically your demographic. If they're your loyal um, followers or loyal customers, they will be truthful and tell you how much that they'd pay for that item. So that's what that's she does. That's so true. I've never that's thought about doing idea. that. Yeah, I've never thought about that. That's, that definitely scares me. Me too. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm probably not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's scary, but I think, you know, these people obviously support you and like what you do. So maybe they're the best people to be asking because they're yeah. going to be the ones who are going to continue supporting you. It's like your own personal like focus group. Yeah. I think absolutely. it's super, super cool. I don't think I'm going to do it, but if somebody out there that's listening to this is in the same boat as I am and I don't know, wants to find a way to price a new product, that's an option. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Even though I'm not going to do it because I am too scared. (laughs) Yeah, I'll ask my sister. (laughs) (laughs) I literally literally just asked like my boyfriend who has no, like he's not even into like most things creative. So he's just kind of like throwing random numbers. (laughs) So he's not all that helpful in that area. But I, I just don't. I just don't feel comfortable asking anyone. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I mean, that's another part of the whole industry is that like you learn as you go. And Mm -hmm. if you learn down the road that you have to increase your prices, then so be it. Or if they start up too high, you can always lower them. Yes. And that is something that my boyfriend always tells me when I'm pricing items. Like for me, it's like thrifted clothing. So some people Mm -hmm. might not see value in thrifted clothing because it's, you know, secondhand. But there's a lot of hours that goes into like, curating the items there's cleaning there's treatment there's there's a lot involved modeling photographing editing all that stuff so that's all involved in it but people don't realize that and so when I'm pricing items I have to make sure they're attainable because at the end of the day yes it is secondhand so Mm -hmm. it's really really hard but one thing that my boyfriend always told me was to you know 
don't lower the price because you can always lower it later. Like you can always do it like yeah. a sale or something. So totally. if you think it should cost this much, you could, you should price it as that. And then if it doesn't sell off for some time, you can lower it. You have that option, but you can never go higher basically. Yes. Yes. In that absolutely. case. So that's something that I always kind of keep in the back of my head when it comes to pricing. It's definitely very, very hard and everyone has different methods and everyone is still learning. I bet if you're like a world famous artist or whatever, I think they're still figuring out pricing too because they're going to keep creating work that they don't know um, how much people are willing to pay for it. So it's just a guessing game. Yeah. But just make sure you're getting paid. Just make sure you're getting paid. This could be a whole episode. Oh my God, I know. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot to say about it because because it's so difficult. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many layers to it. All right. So last question. Advice you give to someone who is in a creative rut. Um, so there's a couple things I like to do when I'm feeling that way. I either try and find a new medium or work with a medium that I haven't in a while. And that can be really helpful because you're using different skills and you're moving in different ways. So, you know, you're kind of forced to, to do something that is maybe Mm -hmm. out of, out of the kind of space that you've been in lately. Um, and another thing I like to do is just not not do cr- anything creative at all. <laughs> I was going to say I was surprised that you said that you go to and you like resort to another creative outlet. I was surprised by that because I don't do that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't always do that. It really depends right. on the mood. Mm-hmm. Um but other things I like to do like I said before I like interior decorating. So sometimes I'll just like, you know, clean up the apartment a bit and move some stuff around. I also really like to cook. So I'll make like a really nice meal. I also really love playing video games. So that's a really nice way for me to like mentally check out of reality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And get into a totally different space and do something that's just for fun. Yeah, that's that's great. And I think those are like really healthy healthy ways to deal with a creative rut because creative ruts they really do suck (laughs) especially when you feel like you have to do something yeah and if you identify as being a very creative person it's it is very it sucks when you you feel very um you know just not in the mood to be creative for me personally I'm trying to think of what I do when I'm in a creative rut honestly it's probably not the best thing to do so this is like a would do should do situation like this is what I would do but this is what you shouldn't do Mm -hmm. (laughs) um I just kind of force myself to do yeah I just I'm so strict and disciplined when it comes to because this is my job I am very strict on myself and I am very disciplined in that way I basically force myself to try to get something done if I need to create like a wire art collection or something um, I will just force myself to sit there and do it. And if I can't do it, I'll force, my again, force myself again tomorrow and the day after that. And eventually it will come to me. And it's not like the best. I don't think it's like the best method. But sometimes I have like time restraints or times that I've set, I've set for myself even. Like it's pretty flexible, but I'm so strict on myself that uh, I force myself to stick to that time frame. Even though I can, I have the power to adjust it. I don't usually. 
I like that you do that too. I think like you said that that could work for some people and not others, but I do think sometimes right. you just kind of need to be the person kicking yourself in the ass and being like, okay, like enough's enough. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't wallow in this place forever. Sometimes you have to push yourself. Yes. And it's weird and it's uncomfortable, but through discomfort, you will grow. Right. And, and because I'm forcing myself to do it, um, it kind of forces me to like exercise a different part of my brain. Like I have yeah. to get really creative basically. And it's really strange. I don't think it works for everyone. And I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think it's like a healthy thing to do. I don't do it often. That's why I don't release new wire art collections like on a monthly basis because sometimes right. the the process of making them and creating them and designing them is not easy sometimes they come like super naturally sometimes I'm like okay this is what I want to do and I'm gonna do it other times it's like okay I've been you know some people have suggested this idea or have requested it so I know there's interest in it so I should probably do it and in that case usually I have to force myself to do it not because I don't think it's a good idea but because it's not one that came naturally to me I do have a I don't naturally come up with ideas um on that topic because it wasn't one that naturally came to me in the first place yeah absolutely another thing I like to do um when I'm not forcing myself (laughs) to to create is to just take a moment to to not do anything at all like I always think that small progress is still progress so Mm -hmm. even if I am not checking off everything on my to-do list there's always tomorrow yeah. Um, so I do that as well. That's when I'm being nice to myself. <laughs> I do that. It's 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 very it's very hard um for me because I'm very like I said, I'm just very strict on myself and I have these expectations for myself which can be difficult. Um but I am learning that it's okay to relax, it's okay to take breaks, and that's something that I'm just learning recently. Um But it is important because I find myself, if I do take breaks, I find myself, um, when I'm getting into creative work, I'm able to work much more efficiently. I don't know if that's the right word. Like, it's just more natural. It feels more organic and it feels comfortable and more enjoyable. And so I'm learning that it's really nice to have those breaks and to, you know, let yourself have those moments where you can just chill and not think about work. <laughs> Absolutely. You need to have space away from from whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. No person is on all the time. Yes. Even the people who seem like they are, they're definitely not. Right. So I I think, I don't know if that was good advice, but basically if you're in a creative rut, probably take Martina's advice because I'm still because fi- <laughs> I'm still figuring it out <laughs> I like I like you. your advice I like your advice I think I want to be more disciplined with myself when I'm in a rut and just be like no I have to sit here at least for an hour and if after an hour nothing comes of it then I can stop you know yeah you put little a, restrictions like that on yourself right. too. that's true boundaries are something that I'm like learning too like for myself yeah. it's yeah. weird because I don't work with anyone like it's just me and yeah. so I all these ideas and all opinions related to my work is all just from myself and so there's nobody there to tell me like maybe you should try doing this or maybe you should try doing that and so mm-hmm. this is why this whole conversation is really just 
for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really just It's actually not a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just actually tricked you. This is not actually going to be posted anywhere. This is for me only. <laughs> I'm I you you got me. I'm fooled. I'm totally fooled. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I just think the whole creative journey for everyone is so interesting and so fascinating and I really want to I think it's just cool to understand um what everyone what their journey is like and what they go through as a creative absolutely and it's it varies from person to person and from like every point within that journey too like I would have had different advice five years ago versus what I would oh say my now. god yeah that's so crazy to think about I same yeah. thing for me I was in a completely different place five years ago yeah like I literally was a different city <laughs> that too <laughs> physically physically I was in a different city but I also also emotionally was different mentally very yes. different five, five years ago how old was I 20 I guess I was 20 and so wow. I just I had just moved to Niagara then at that point yep. oh my god that's crazy to think about and at that point I was working for like a really shitty person oh <sighs> wow yeah it's amazing what a little perspective can do yeah, definitely. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add? Any last words to the creatives out there? Uh, I no. <laughs> Just try your best. Try your best, yeah. everyone. <laughs> don't don't let fear hold you back from your dreams. You know, they're always going to be dreams if you don't put some action to them. So just yes. do it. And if you don't like it, you don't have to keep doing it. There's no harm done. Yes, and Nike should sponsor us for how many times we said just do yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> Nike, send me a pair of running shoes. I'm size eight, eight and a half. <laughs> if oh they're pink, God. that's amazing. Pink or all black, even better. <laughs> and for me, Nike, just send me anything. I'm just desperate. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this was great. I think this was a great conversation. I know it was really long. I'm so sorry for you who had oh to my like. God, don't be. This. I thought this was very natural. I loved it. Yeah, this was great. This is like my first time recording with anyone and I've never felt so freaking comfortable talking to somebody for the very first time, like in depth. This oh, is great. I hope every conversation you have is like this and I can't wait to hear the other episodes you have planned. I know it's, they're just going to be great and it's going to be something I look forward to. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, is there anything that we can look forward to? From for, Martina for Doom. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> putting you on the spot. <laughs> well, let me just look at my whiteboard here. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, so precious. <laughs> I'm working on uh, launching a website. So right now you can find my stuff on Etsy, but I'm very lazy with Etsy because I don't love that platform. Right. But yeah, I am working on building my own website. So you can look out for that, hoping to do that in the spring. And. Yay. Yeah, check out my YouTube channel. That's something I I have been uh, been really having fun doing. And Do, is uh, it just Martina Doom on you on YouTube? You know what? It's not because what? <laughs> so I want it to be, but because I made my YouTube channel so many years ago, I was using a different handle at that point in my oh, life. Okay, yeah. And in order for me to change it, I have to have a certain amount of subscribers or something. Oh, okay. I know it's so silly. So just find me on Instagram at Martina Doom, and there's a link in my in my profile to to get you there. Amazing! I can't wait for your website to launch. I didn't know you were working on a website. 
Yeah, yeah, I've been, I, it's been in my mind for quite a while, and now I'm just like, okay, no, this needs to happen. I can't think about it anymore. I have to actually do it. <laughs> I feel like your website is going to be so pretty, because oh. you have such an eye for design. Oh my god, thank you. I, That's really I'm sweet. I'm yeah, so I'm excited, excited too. <laughs> I'm excited too. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. I want it to be, I want it to be fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that was happening. Now I'm all excited. Yeah. I'll, I will keep my eyes peeled for that for sure. And you'll yeah, definitely I've got lots of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> That's for another conversation on here. Yeah. <laughs> Revealing all of Martina's secrets. Yeah. Episode five. <laughs> <laughs> episode five specifically. Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone listening, you can check me out at Oopsie Nini on Instagram with Nini Shop on Instagram or just with Nini.com. Or my personal, Jennifer Noun. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> but basically, we're online. You can find us. We're cool people, I think. <laughs> I think so, too. Yay. So thank you so much, Martina. Thank you to everyone listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.